Everybody's working. With that time, yours. Yeah, the Chiefs and the Dolphins played. It was weird. Only weird games. Yeah, we've been down this road only a thousand times before. <laughs> this one was even stranger in different ways than usual. Although I will say, I kind of feel like I sort of understood maybe the first three quarters of the Kansas City Chiefs' victory over the Miami Dolphins. And then that might not have even been, by some metrics, the most important game of the day for the Kansas City mm. Chiefs as the Buffalo Bills handled their business against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night. It's why this show's coming out, you know, later than usual, because we had to make sure we watched that last night, and then I wasn't going to let Seth tell me we were doing the podcast at 4 a.m., so here now we are. Uh, but the Chiefs now stand alone as the number one seed in the AFC. If they just win out, uh, and also a few other opportunities still, but if they, if they win out mm-hmm. and some other stuff could, could potentially happen, they're going to get that first round by puts them in a good spot. The win over the Dolphins had a lot of things going on in it. This is Times Ours, a show about only weird games. I, I very rarely actually successfully introduce all three of us, but I'm going to today. I'm Joshua Briscoe. I'm going to throw it to Nate Taylor in a second. Seth Kaiser will be the third voice that you hear. I'm not playing favorites, but Seth, I need you to not say anything now. Otherwise, it's going to throw off. Every, everyone's going to get so confused about who's talking when. Uh, but I, uh, I wanted to just sort of kick you guys a big sort of overarching question from this game. Yes. Because I've read both of your stories you've written about it. Uh, Nate, you've written up on The Athletic. Seth, you've already written in the Chief of the North newsletter. What was the story of Chiefs Dolphins? What was the takeaway that you had? Because you guys both covered some different ground. The Chiefs are AFC West champions, and this game was, appropriately, a little odd. Um, Very odd. It's... It's one of those games where uh, you shouldn't take it for granted as a fan of this team um, that they went back to, you know, for this collection of men um, employed by Clark Hunt. Uh, they went back to their to their greatest feat and were just, thank God we got out of there with a win. Like, that's that was the overarching theme in uh, all the discussions from the Zoom calls was just like, hey, um thank God we won. (laughs) Thank God there wasn't a collapse of what would have been epic proportions. Um, They are such a strange team, but they're also the world champs. And they're also um, a death star that you could, it could self-destruct and still beat you. Like they, they had four turnovers, Josh, four. And within the second drive, people were already tweeting at us. We're in the weird game, y'all. This is all they do. (laughs) This is all they do. They can't be conventional in any way, shape, or form. Um, It was was such a contrast um, with everything that surrounded the game compared to where we were 10 months ago. I obviously wrote about that. But, you know, there were some similarities, um, mostly that Patrick Mahomes uh, keeps throwing interceptions in Miami for some reason. And they had another 10-point rally. It just, this time it happened in the second quarter instead of the fourth. And, I mean, they landed home. This should not be forgotten in the course of the history, you know, and the perspective of where the season will eventually conclude. But they flew home yesterday um, and realized that they control their own destiny now. And despite everything that just happened... Um, they're still 12 and one. They still got the best quarterback in the league. 
And I don't know about you, Seth, but if you're the Miami Dolphins, I don't I don't know what more you could have asked for them given the circumstances they were in. And you could start asking that same question to every team in the AFC that may come across the Chiefs on their path. Can I talk now? I just need. I mean, people know that's Nate, and I was Josh, and so Seth. By process of elimination, now you're the one that goes now. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this as a subtle but important reminder that chaos is not welcome here at Times Ours, and I, I think people should note that. I just wanted to make sure everyone knew who was who. We, I'm so bad. The thing I'm worst at at this podcast is actually <laughs> identifying all three of us, and I thought today <laughs> was going nice to change up. I was going to no. try to do it. Nice. I, you know what? I appreciate that. Um, so my, my biggest takeaway, I, I agree with everything Nate just said. Uh, what I wrote about right away was the way the Chiefs break kind of a lot of the rules that we have with regards to what wins and loses football games. Mm-hmm. They Now, you know, it was a road game, even though Miami, you know, they were at a lower capacity. But I think lower capacity is a little bit different than no capacity. I think there's still a little bit of home field advantage to be had there, just not as much, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They turned the ball over four times. And two of those turnovers, at least, were like these drives would have had points, barring like a terrible missed field goal, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, So you've got six points taken off the board at the very least. Um, And, I mean, even early on, that first pick, I mean, they they just took a lot of points off the board. (laughs) And and, and they still scored 33. And they still still scored scored 33. 33. Basically, everything we know about football tells us that if you turn the ball over four times, unless the other team turns it over two or three times at least, you're going to lose. Um, possessions are the most valuable thing in football because, you know, if you average, you know, a point of possession or two points of possession and you get three extra possessions, that leads to more points. I mean, these are, and and with turnovers, especially because you are robbing one team of a possession, making it automatically a zero on theirs, and you're giving yourself an extra one. It's the most important play in sports. And well, in football, at least I haven't done the research on, you know, I don't know, you know cricket to know whether there's something more important that can happen I, I actually in have i actually have and it's still turnovers in football oh okay thank yeah. <laughs> man siri can be so helpful sometimes yeah. <laughs> as i'm talking siri what's the most important play in sports so they they can do that and still win against a good team and, and you can talk to me about injuries with the dolphins i mean the chief's entire offensive line is like there's eric fisher looking around like who the crap are these guys like he, he, he it's just They've got their own stuff, and they still win. And uh, something that I've referenced before, um, Therese Paler, who we all love, yes. who Nate does an uncanny <laughs> impression of, that still spooks me. Um, he 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 talks about the the Chiefs going on a run. You know, the runs always oh, yeah, come. Yeah, yeah. And and the comparison a lot of people make, and I wrote about this, is the Golden State Warriors. And I also compared them, and I'm not talking about outside the boxing ring. We all know young Mike Tyson had some problems. And maybe old Mike Tyson does too. I still wouldn't fight him, but that's a whole nother ball of wax. <laughs> but with Tyson, like, if you watch his fights, like, Avalanches. his fights for a... Yeah, for a little while, right? It's like, oh, this looks like it might be even. And then the whirlwind comes. Mm -hmm. And even if he didn't knock the guy out during the whirlwind, it was over. 
Like the fight was effectively over and it feels like that's what the teams are doing to people. It's like that barrage of three that comes from the Warriors. Yeah, there's still, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes left in the game, but it feels over. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't go up 30 during that time, but it just it, it's just such a massive swing. And when that's what the Chiefs did, it, it was like during like a 13 minute time period, yes. they put up like 28. And it would just, it happens, or I think they put up 30 because they got that safety. And it happens so fast. And their defense seems to feed off it during those runs. They're able to get some of those stops. And I, I just, a good team, Miami's a really well-coached team. They didn't panic. A lot of respect to Tua. He he started handling that cover zero look a lot better as the game went along. Although I have some thoughts about that last drive that I want to circle back to at some point. Interesting. But, yeah, it, was, it, uh, it relates to our favorite topic, time of possession. Mm. Mm. That's the thing <laughs> with me. Ooh, I'm right, ready yeah, to I'm feed on it. <laughs> I'm locked back in again. I kind of zoned out. I didn't hear <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Did you say time of what? Yeah. But they, the, the run is always coming with the Chiefs. And most teams just aren't equipped to handle it. Even whether it's in the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, whenever it happens, it's almost always too much. Because other teams just aren't built to deal with that. So even if it happens in the second and third quarter and there's still lots of game left, it's kind of like for the Buccaneers, right? That game was over after the first quarter. Mm-hmm. It, and, and the Chiefs no longer have a defense that is going to, 90% of the time, melt down, which is what was required for teams to keep up in 2018. And so that was my takeaways. They, they kind of break the regular rules. They're so good on offense. And their defense is good enough that they can go on these runs and other teams have a really hard time trading punches with them. Right. Yeah. When you when you feel like you have to score. And that's a different yep. that's a different type of pressure than just playing freely within the framework of what your scheme is, you know, where you are in the rhythm of the game, the tempo. Like that's different than being like, hey y'all, they scored twice in five minutes. We need a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, and that's hard. Most teams can't do that. Right. And that that pressure gets to teams. Absolutely. Like you said, it's a different kind of pressure. Like we have to score a touchdown or something terrible is going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I and it's I mean, also going back to the the turnovers that both of you guys obviously mentioned there, not only was it three picks and two of them were deflected and and both of them had their issues. And you, you could put any of those three on Mahomes in some way and not sure. on Mahomes in another way. Yep. Um, I, I'm willing to to go through that and say, you know, well, dude popped up off the ground. Uh, one of them was really, you know, Clyde's fault because he's too short. That's really that was my <laughs> takeaway. Um, Had they drafted him in the fourth round, he would have caught that. Well, if they would have, if they would have just, if they would have taken a, you know, a bigger running back later, of course, right? Exactly. Um, I'm often, I'm often saying you need bigger running backs. If Swift to, was to, on to, the field, he would have caught that. But wait, didn't he drop <laughs> yeah. a touchdown game when he passed in the first week of the season? No. You know what I mean, no, he, y'all. He, he went, in the, he oh, went in the second, so he went in the second round. I'm not interested. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Swift, Swift's out there yeah. like, I would have caught that. <laughs> Yeah, but like both of those were really weird picks, just very yeah. strange ones. And then the third one, Xavier Howard, just made like a, I an mean, incredible catch, just incredible. But also, um, Mahomes maybe shouldn't have challenged Xavier Howard to the high point of the ball. The Clyde one could have certainly come down, and maybe he should have, you know, seen the defender popping up from the ground. You can do whatever you want with all three of those. I'm not, sure. I'm not losing sleep. But they, but they lost the turnover battle three to one. Or four to four one. To one. Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. lost. They lost it by three. Because mm-hmm. also Hardman's fumble there. 
the fact that that, and I know I'm sort of repeating what you were getting at there, Seth, but the fact that that wasn't debilitating or, and it didn't even put him on skates. Like it, it wasn't even, it wasn't even the, the Texans playoff game where you're like, all right, you guys have a lot of work to do. Like it was 10, nothing. All right. I mean, you know, the, the Dolphins probably should have gone for it back on that first possession. Thank and they you. Settled Thank for a field you, goal sir. And didn't go for it. Preach. Really would have really made a lot of Preach sense. Preach to us. Look, we told you, Brian Flores. We told we you. We told you, Brian. Brian, we tried. <laughs> we tried. Whose fault is that? Not ours. Not ours. But, you know, it, you can, you can, and you wrote this in the, in the newsletter, Seth. They needed 15 things to go their way like 10 things did, and that's simply not enough to beat the Chiefs, which is, mm-hmm. again, totally bonkers. That that's, that's exactly how unbalanced the scales are in the Chiefs' favor because of everything they do so well. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's a great way of putting it, mostly because you're repeating what I said. Yeah, that's... Oh. No, I'm kidding. That, no, no, I that like thing, the... That, that, that <laughs> phenomenon has saved our relationship multiple times. <laughs> I the, the, our ability to occasionally just mirror back to the other one. It's like, well, yeah. and, it, and as and as, your, it, as, your, as the bromance counselor in this, I'm just happy that you guys are actually applying the things we've discussed previously in our sessions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Josh and I are a lot like Josh and I are a lot like uh, babies or puppies. If you put a mirror in front of them, it'll really calm them down. And if we see a mirror of like, oh, they're saying what I said. You know what? I like the cut of this guy's jib. Like this is, but no, I actually I really like the way you phrased it. it. Like it really, it's just bonkers. They do so many things so well, and Miami's a good team. They are, and they're yes. a really well coached team. Flores, man, great coach, and Howard, what a pick that was. I mean, yeah, Mahomes could have put it two more feet in the air, sure, and it would have been tough for Tyreek to bring down. But you even had like. I mean, the Chiefs missed some opportunities besides that, but like four yep. turnovers and it's just not enough. And that's what we're seeing over and over again. Like where you're seeing with teams, like it's just not enough. You know, the Chargers can can smack Mahomes 400 times, it felt like, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And play a great defensive game. And it's not enough. You, you Teddy Bridgewater can, can lead a ferocious cover. It's not enough. It's just never enough. They're just relentless. And I just... I think there's still a little ways from it, but I think we are getting close to that point. You're going to see teams start to quit a little bit during that run where it's just like, what's the freaking point? Um, that, that team is called the Tennessee Titans in the AFC championship game. Now I will <laughs> say, so I, I will say um, one thought that I had about this game, and I, and I definitely want to get your guys' reaction to it is, as I as I wrote in the story in the Athletic, and it dawned on me um, like like an hour or two before kickoff, you know, um, we have all been blessed to to cover this team since Patrick Mahomes' arrival, and you start to realize that like, wow, the Miami Dolphins are one of the last AFC teams to play the Chiefs mm-hmm. in this particular context, and for as good of a coach as Brian Flores is, and it, this ain't his fault. I'm not I'm not blaming him at all because he was aware. Like, a couple days before the game where he was like, I think his quote essentially was, you know, it'd be great if I had 14 defenders on the field instead of just the the mandatory 11. Mm-hmm. Like, he knows it because he obviously came from the Patriots, you know, situation. Obviously, he was the better defensive coordinator for Bill Belichick mm-hmm. than some other dude who's not employed. Um, he understood it when they played them twice in 2018. It's one thing to tell your players <laughs> what's coming. It's another <laughs> for when the three start to happen and you're like, but he's 
but he's he's pulling up behind the half court mark. Like what? Right. I, what? what? <laughs> Wait, what? Or or it's like, hey, a fast break. Oh man, it's two on one. But but why the hell is he passing to the corner three? You're like, yeah. Like 100%. you just aren't ready, and it is one of the more fascinating things. Because the thing I want to ask you all is, there are moments in my mind from that game where you can see it in the Dolphins' eyes that they're like, "Oh, this this is the speed they're talking about." Oh, like mm. even even someone of as great as Xavier Howard was like, "But did you just see how he ran right by me?" <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like whoa, 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 what? Um, there's this great clip on NFL Checkdown, the Twitter account. Mm-hmm. That is mended, uh, managed by the NFL. You can go look it up. Um, where Tyreek Hill points on to, the, to, to the defender. He points on the pre-snap. And he's like, hey, Patrick, you want me to block this guy? And Patrick's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, go block Hill. Because we're, we're running the football. But we're not running it where you think we're running it. And Tyreek Hill goes on the jet sweep. And what he does to that poor safety, I mean, I just... That that is one of my two favorite moments of the game. It's like the safety's in the perfect position, and then he runs right by you. <laughs> like just yeah, yeah. and, and oh. like the Dolphins now know when they if they see them in the playoffs or whenever they play Patrick Mahomes again on the schedule, they'll know. They'll be like, see, see, we, we this ain't gonna happen to us again. We're not just gonna let thirty <laughs> get on us <laughs> in a blink of an eye. Yep. But they had no chance to prepare for that because they had just never seen it, and they were again one of the last teams. To get to just truly get blitzed to death by this team. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, so so what, what were your favorite points, gentlemen, where the Dolphins realized uh, we might be a playoff team? That That's a championship team we playing against. Oh, oh, I can see the difference now, Brian. I can see the difference now, Coach. I'm watching the check down video right now, and it's it's very funny because it's just – I mean, it, 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 I, I can't imagine you're getting that kind of like – I don't know, that kind of pre-snap chess in that particular way right. very often. Right, Um This was also – I didn't even – I, I did not see that pre-snap action happening. I was going to say this play also, though, because it was like, well, they really needed to figure out a way to score. Like, they, they needed to put some points up. It kind of felt like, you know, that getting getting that that vibe back and everything would be really great down here, getting close to the red zone. And seeing Tyreek Hill running just through dudes' arms and around their outstretched hands, it was like, oh, yeah, like that's the kind yeah. of speed that you don't really – you can't really match up with. You can only get kind of lucky with, and they the Dolphins very much did not get lucky on that play. Mm-mm. Yep. No, I I the entire the entire thing it just felt inevitable, uh, and even you know as Miami kind of started to close in at the end. Although this was another game where if you look at the win probabilities. Which you know, I, I understand. You know, look, I'm 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 out here fighting about context every week, <laughs> but win probability models are are good by and large, and it's so funny how certain games, 
it feels closer at the end because, you know, you're watching in the moment yeah. and you start assuming bad things will happen because they have for like a drive or two. Mm-hmm. But really, it's like the Tampa Bay game. The win probability for Kansas City never dropped below 75% in that game. And it was a relatively similar story with with Miami. They needed a bunch of things to go right still to even have a chance to win the mm. game. And they had, like 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 I did right, you know, they had like 10 of those things go right in a row at the end. But that's the thing. When you walk in with, you know, a 17-point lead into the fourth quarter or however many it was, you just, you got a lot of margin for error there. <laughs> And it was just, it was just interesting watching the Dolphins. Just they really were knocked out after the early third quarter, and they they fought, they scrapped, but by and large, the game wasn't that close. Right, again. give them credit because they did what Drew Locke and the Broncos haven't done in two games, which is really like you know, <laughs> give a crap, fight back, <laughs> give a crap yeah, in the fourth yeah. quarter. So so credit to mm-hmm. them. Um, Tua Tua is Tua is good. Um, I think they would be a more enjoyable team to watch in the playoffs, honestly, than than the Las Vegas Raiders at this point, given everything we know about both teams. But hey, we'll see. That move that happened fast. Woo! Raiders. That Woo! happened real fast. Woo! Woo! Three three weeks of Raiders football, and it was like, yeah, we're a legitimate playoff team. Oh my god, fire the defense coordinator. <laughs> so <laughs> the other thought I had, where uh, this reminds you that um, there's a there's a championship team playing a a, a, a potential playoff team. Um, have we talked? Any seconds on this podcast, guys, about one Chris Layman's? Have we talked one second? I I don't think so. I don't think so. He's been he's been the call up. Uh, I think two weeks two weeks in a, weeks row, in a now. row. Yes, special team star. I I don't think we've said his name because I thought it was pronounced Lamons until one second ago. Well, we gonna find out anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, Sir Chris used to play for the Miami Dolphins, so this was a a, a coming home. Uh, for him, a little revenge special. Um, mm. He was on the Dolphins in 2019, you know, when they were in fully on tank mode. Um, apparently, he was probably playing too good, and they were like, look, dog, we're trying to lose these games. Like, like, <laughs> like we need to wave you. Um, he gets picked up by the Chiefs on the practice squad. He was on the team. Um, he was with the team when they went on to win the Super Bowl. So he was on the practice squad last year. Um, yes, I know. DeAndre Breaker is also on the practice squad. They, they, they chose Chris Lehman's. For a reason. Um, Dave Tobes apparently saw something in practice. And then um, the reason McCole Hardman was never touched was because Chris Layman's laid out a dude and celebrated mm-hmm. before McCole oh. Hardman was in the end zone. That's the difference, kids. You got beat by Chris Layman's. Lemons. That might not even be how his last name is pronounced. Exactly. <laughs> I would know how to say his name if we were in the locker room, but you know, 2020. Um, yeah, yeah. 2020. I would have loved to have talked to him after the game because the celebration was obviously captured on CBS. He's uh, he's a uh, ripping that guitar after he makes the clear out block from a Cole Hardman touchdown. And yeah, we could have called the game right there, Seth. Because I mean, it's not that you yeah, just get over. beat by Patrick Mahomes or mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill or Frank Clark and Chris Jones and. Terran Matthew, like literally the guy who got called up, perhaps fifty three on the fifty three man roster, beat you. Yeah, it 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 was it was just over, and the Chiefs are just too good. Um, it's so easy when you cover a team day to day. It's very easy to to both overestimate and underestimate them, right? Like we, we tend to think of maybe average players 
or maybe pretty good players mm-hmm. or not so good players, we think of them as awesome. Or the guys who maybe are a little subpar, we think of them as horrible <laughs> because every snap gets reviewed ad nauseum. Um, and so by doing so, it's easy to really focus a lot of times on the weaknesses that the Chiefs do have. You know, they've got some concerns in the interior offensive line, um, although they converted short yardage situations multiple times, almost like they just had two kind of randomly bad games in a row. Someone should have talked about that last week. <laughs> anyway. Um, so they, they if do someone have had talked about it, Seth, where would they have been able to read about it if someone you had know, talked about I'm it? I'm glad you asked. The Chief of the North newsletter is here for the common working Chiefs fan. Those who want to get inside the box score. No, beyond the box score. Dang it, I'm bad at this. Josh, you make it look so easy. Anyway. <laughs> it's really my, great, my greatest strength is the seamless, the seamless plug in the middle of a yeah, sentence. Y- you can do ad reads like no other. Um, yeah. So they, they, they do have weaknesses, but... Because we watch them all the time, everyone's like, oh my gosh, you know, the linebacker group is going to lose us a game. It's like, ah, maybe, I mean, it could happen. It's the NFL. But when you compare the Chiefs top to bottom to every other NFL team, mm-hmm. and obviously Patrick Mahomes, I mean, when you start it's there, such a chasm. It's it, so big. it alters. It's so wide. It, yeah. It, it's just a big, big chasm. The Chiefs' weak spots aren't that big a deal by and large and and the places where they're strong are a really big deal i I hope i hope our good friend ethan douglas is hearing this right now because ethan i know i know you want to question the front office (laughs) seth just said what they're thinking to your answers which is they could be better but we have Patrick Mahomes, and that doesn't matter <laughs> as much right. as the as the majority of NFL rosters. Now it will bite them in two years, probably if they keep going on the way they're going on. But I mean, have you? I mean, as <laughs> Seth alludes to, as I know, Josh is 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 just you know waiting to see the production of Clint Edwards alert explode. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's coming. It's gonna. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> the Chiefs Listen, front man, office. You, Nate, Nate, you've now mentioned two things that I didn't really want to talk about on this podcast. <laughs> Not because I don't think it's interesting, but because I can't don't, have Seth have another walk out of the show moment. Don't blame me. Blame Ethan, okay? <laughs> Like I, Ethan's not on this podcast know, he, right now, Nate. I know he'll enjoy it though. It'll get back to him at some point. But the the front yeah, office is out here flexing like they don't have any issues because uh, they feel like they can do that. <laughs> right, and the the issues exist. Yes, they Absolutely. clearly exist. Yes, and, and exactly. But I think what ends up happening is you you get so focused on your team. That it, the, their weaknesses become these glaring weaknesses, and you 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 stop really realizing like how to contextualize things or compare them. It's kind of like how people view drafting, you know? Mm. People, oh, they missed on like three draft picks or something like that. It's like, well, you know, most teams miss on three or four draft picks a year, probably more, honestly. And that it, by not contextualizing that, it becomes really easy to forget how good or bad a team can be. And the Chiefs right now are just, there's just a chasm between them. And it's not just Mahomes. Because, I mean, Mahomes wasn't getting multiple stops during that run, right? right? I mean, it's it's not, I mean, Mahomes is obviously the great equalizer. You put him on any team, and they are a playoff team for sure. Um, You combine that with Andy Reid, it's probably probably at least a, a borderline Super Bowl contender. These are just facts. But they they just they have good players at virtually every important spot. Even areas where they haven't really invested in. 
Like, you know, like the cornerback thing, because that's, you know, the primary reason why, you know, you talk about, you know, investment and draft picks and stuff. It's like, man, I'd like to see more corners on this team. Right. And then you watch Legereus Sneed just cover guys in a blanket. And you're like, oh, how'd you do that? Like, what the the crap? Now, they better hope that continues or they're going to have to answer bucking, you know, more analytically sound decision making. But it's just... It's a reminder how good the Chiefs are that they took an eight and four Miami team and turned the ball over four times and they still just won anyways. They're just like, yeah, we're we're just gonna win. Oh, oh, we turned the ball over. How about we get some points off that by sacking you in the end zone? It was awesome. I'm just gonna do a 15 second thing on one thing where I think you guys are very close to to a point that Ethan was trying to make. That I'm just gonna I'm gonna just give it one second here. I think that being this close on a team also makes you see like the success can keep you from having the conversations that you would have around uh, whatever misdraft picks mm-hmm. or unideal contracts or, or if or a, things weren't going well. Yeah, or a lucky bounce or two that doesn't go your way. And instead of being 12 and one, you're, you know, 10 and three. Right. That, that stuff, that stuff all gets magnified. I like, I, I think this didn't come up and I didn't want in on the Twitter conversation particularly either, but like, the the day that that uh, John Dorsey was left by the org- the day that he was mutually departed from, um, yeah. as the Chiefs would have put it at the time, <laughs> all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it was all about the things that John Dorsey did poorly, and not about you know the the uh, many of the guys you would say the success of this team is built around like Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill, and Chris Jones, and whatnot. Uh, it was all about contracts to Eric Berry that didn't work because he got hurt and uh, Justin, Justin Houston, Houston and yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, those were never fair things to blame on Dorsey, honestly. Guys get hurt. Justin Houston and Eric Berry, when he gave him those contracts, were like the two best players in the league at their position. Right, and so I just, but I think that we're probably, we, we I could see a world in which we're a year away from having that conversation mm-hmm. about Frank Clark like you were having about Justin mm-hmm. Houston or even about Eric Berry. Um, having a first round pick at a position that so far hasn't brought back that value and I don't think is going to, but we'll see over years. We have literally years to learn that definitively, whatever. I don't think it's totally unreasonable to be like, yeah, here's where the front office was not infallible and treating it as such would not be good for the conversation as a whole. Yeah, so so what, so what the Chiefs are doing from a front office standpoint is kind of walking a tightrope. Like, now... You got a specialist up there because you got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, but they are walking a tightrope because anything other than the championship, ooh, we gon' hear it. Yeah, and I mean, I think that that's, I don't think that's an unreasonable, I don't really want to have that conversation in, in December or January, but I think that, I think I think maybe there, there are varying, uh, Varying problems that can present themselves whenever we are looking exclusively looking through a magnifying glass or a microscope where you can say all teams around the league miss draft picks. Absolutely true. Every every team will also have those. And, you know, I don't think we should spend a show trying to figure out, you know, did Colin Saunders, a third round pick, just get, you know, absolutely wiped out of the, the rotation right. by Tershawn Wharton or whatever. Yep. I don't think that means Brevich is a bad GM. I don't think I don't think that that means that this team is actually doomed. But I also think it's fair to go, huh? That one didn't. That one doesn't seem like it's working, and and have a little conversation around that. Anyway, that was more than fifteen seconds. I just was not. Still, I was not may, ready to leave. That still out. great. Though. Can I? Can I? I think that's such a good point because there there has a tendency for bad analysis to go both ways, right? Well, they're twelve and one, 
So it doesn't matter, right? Results-oriented right. analysis is not good. Right. You, I mean, okay, let me rephrase that. Certain kinds of results-oriented analysis are not good. Um, you can't, you know, and, and treating the front office like they're infallible just because they won a Super Bowl, um, which obviously that's a sign they're doing something right. But that's not a sign that they're doing everything right. Right. And so you do have to have those conversations. And I, that's why I appreciate people are willing to push back on those types of things. I think where the tightrope walking, to, to paraphrase Nate, really comes in is figuring out what's, what's legitimate criticism and what isn't. And how should that criticism be framed? Because like Colin Saunders, yeah, third round pick who isn't really able to get on the field right now. That's, you know... Not good. It's a missed pick. Not being able to get on the field because an undrafted rookie free agent is playing really, really, really well. That becomes a little bit of a different conversation, and it's hard to be to have yeah, you know would, quite the same conversation right. about it. It would be different, and so that's where it gets tough. Yeah, it, it would yeah. be different if they hadn't convinced Tershawn Wharton to take a risk on his own part and sign up with the defending Super Bowl champions, even though they appeared to have one of the best defensive lines in the league. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it's a it's tight tricky. Role. Yeah, it's very tricky. The, the, the problem is the problem is people just bury people that say anything negative, and then you know someone like me flies in and quote tweets you because you know <laughs> why not kick someone when they're down, and and it's uh it it really is though it's worth having the conversation like you know Ethan is he makes great points he does. they haven't been flawless he does and and then it's just a matter of deciding okay how many mistakes were made. How bad are they? You know, how does that compare to what you generally see on every other NFL team? And that's where, you know, like, say, like the Frank Clark contract, you know, we'll we'll see how this year pans out. It's hard to be as critical. Like, it's going to always be hard to call that a completely wasted move. Because they already won. Panned out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they kind of. It's really. It look, really his, is his, this automatic again, me, cheat code they get. It's not really. Let fair. me remind you what the front office message is. We already won a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and that's hopefully <laughs> that was so funny. Oh my gosh! And so hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> Don't get too caught up in that because certain things like, you know, I'm curious what they try to do with Sammy because they love Sammy Watkins. <laughs> and I like Sammy. I think he provides a specific skill set. But like when you look at the guys available in the draft this year, I mean, what if what if what if Waddle like, you know, falls to like don't 20? Do don't do it. Don't say that, Sam. <laughs> don't don't, don't say, get what me if, what if like Devontae Smith is just hanging around? Because people are like, oh, he's too small. And it gets to like 25. I'm gonna be like, you know, guys. <laughs> you know, you know what? You know what I hope people I need people to know right now? Seth is naming draft prospects and this, in January. And this, and That's because never Seth, watch Seth Seth doesn't name draft prospects in April. <laughs> he will learn These about receivers them after are so good. No, I know. I just think the, that's incredible. Thank you. I'm just stunned by it. Like, that's how drunk you are on, on well, listen, what if, Give me more receivers, receivers, boys. Yeah. Ooh. Gosh. I would love I, I just, I just, I, I just, it's, the one, the one it's thing, just something the one I think thing, about a lot. The one thing there, and I know where we're out ahead, but they did just draft basically a receiver in the first round this year. I know, but why stop? Wait, 
<laughs> I thought you were talking about Hardman. No. No, no. Well, and then they finally started throwing him the ball, right. and look it was what a, happened. It was, a, it was a great little. It was a great little change up there in the second quarter what? where Andy Reid's like, "Oh, I, I got to run the real plays now. All right, let me uh, hey Clark, yeah. put in the routes, dog. <laughs> we're down to nothing. Yeah. Uh, we should pass. Why, why the do ball we got Bell? Why do we got Bell out there and pass pro again? Bell, get over here. Hey Clyde, go. You know, do that thing. You know. And I just, I don't, that's frustrating though. And, and I get why people are frustrated on that because you, the return on investment was always contingent on him being a difference maker in the yes. passing game, yes. right? And, and that and, was how it was portrayed. And, you know, it, it wasn't like the team wasn't saying it. Like they were saying that in the moment. Like exactly. this is a, this that's is a exactly offensive how weapon he was who just so happens to make dudes miss while carrying the football. Yes. And so that's, if they want it, I don't think you're ever going to get the same return on investment in a first round running back who's really good, um, which I think Clyde is, but you'd get a better return with a really good, I mean, I could name like eight positions and it'd be a better return on investment. So maybe you can make the argument, well, we were more sure he would be good. So that closes the gap a little bit. And then you say, well, also he contributes so much in the passing game that closes the gap a little bit. You can say all those things, but if you're not using him in that way that closes the gap, then it's like, well, crap, why didn't you just, you know, wait a couple rounds, draft Swift, and then grab a cornerback or a safety or an offensive lineman, right? And so that's, those those things... I, I people always take it because I'm like pro Clyde as a player that I'm pro the pick, and there are better things you can do with your resources. So can I can I say something, Josh? I would love that. Yeah, I really I I am not nearly as excited about having this conversation again as most people probably think I am. So I would love for you to put the bow on. Okay, it. I'm gonna put the bow on it because I- oh Chase Claypool, oh Chase Claypool, <laughs> just like a, just like a dozen picks later. Oh. I loved Cl- Chase Claypool. Oh, well, he's not really his like. fault. The quarterback is starting to. Become old as the weather no. gets colder. It's not his <laughs> no, fault. Just, do I need no, to, do I need to pull up the Doc Rivers? It's not on Clay. It's not on Chase Claypool. Oh, man. Um, so Sorry, go ahead. here's how I'll put a bow on it. Obviously, I love all of our listeners. It is it it warms my heart to sit on my couch yesterday and within five plays be like, is this a weird game? I think we're in the weird game <laughs> category. Like it I love the handle of your business, folks. I hope everybody's doing that as again the temperature gets colder outside. Um, what, what I would start to now push for in our messaging to our audience is when the chiefs get down 10, here yeah. comes the real stuff. <laughs> Here's, yeah. Yeah. Here comes yeah. the mm-hmm. real stuff because it, I, I, I don't know. We need to, obviously I'm workshopping this in the moment. I have not thought of this earlier. This is mostly just, um, coming from my brain right now, but like, my father has been pretty clear that like he loves Andy Reid because obviously of the play design and the aggressiveness, particularly with Mahomes at quarterback. But he's always aware of the fact that, and I'm not, I'm sure my father's not the only one who notices this, but Chiefs get up two scores. Um, those those plays don't come out. Like, <laughs> shut them down, <laughs> shut it down, cool them all, cool off the Jets. Like we ain't gotta, we ain't gotta worry about that no more. Then. You know, the game gets tight, and Andy's like, all right, so back to, um, (laughs) what do we game plan for on Thursday? Yeah, I don't like that. I like this. Yeah, okay, here we go, Pat. Like, it's, it's so, it is such a, which is also why we're kind of in the only weird games portion of, of this, of this, you know, era of Chiefs football is because clearly, um, I feel like Eric Bieniemy and Mike Kafka, I'm gonna put Mike Kafka in this too, kids. Mike Kafka mm-hmm. and Eric Bieniemy 
want to house people, okay? Like, they, they want to dominate folks. Um, because quietly, Mike Kafka's probably going to be your offensive coordinator in like a month. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> they want to they dominate. Andy is always thinking big picture, which is his job as like, I don't know, the head coach. Like, think about today and next week and January. Because like, you know, we got we to gotta segment this all out. Plus, what I put on tape now means I have to change our plan as we move forward. So I get exactly what Andy's doing. But, like, just get the Chiefs down 10. It's the worst thing you could do, Brian Flores. It's the worst. Or mm-hmm. you get up on the Chiefs by 10, and I am better start telling Sean Payton right now, sir, you better have more plays. <laughs> you better ha- you, you better unload the clip. And I don't know if you want to unload the clip on December 15th, okay? Like, yep. I don't know yep. if that's wise for you because you may not play the Chiefs again because, you know, not in your conference. But, like, it's so fun that, like, We've all been asking for Andy. Where are the plays with Clyde Edwards Hilaire as like the the mismatch? And then Andy's like, "Don't worry, I'm gonna get down to him by the Dolphins. You are gonna see where it goes." And hey, you don't think we've gotten the ball to Tyree Kill yet? Don't worry, we gonna we gonna figure that out. We are gonna get him the ball. Oh, you think we haven't thrown the ball deep yet? Because the Miami Dolphins think they can do that all game. Just wait. We'll come in the halftime. Come out of halftime. He'll roll right, throw deep. It'll be a touchdown. Don't worry about it. I got all the plays, y'all. It's just I gotta get down ten. Okay, I can't show them all to you. Like. It's so funny to me that when the Chiefs are down 10, they start running plays that you haven't seen all year. Because it's hilarious because Andy Reid has a, he's found a system to where I can beat you with the stuff that you know is coming. And I can come back with the stuff that you have no idea is coming your way. And it's just, it's amazing. Somebody the playoffs some, are going to be interesting. Somebody phrase this Watch. for us. But like when the Chiefs get down 10, something happens offensively. Because does a playbook come open? Does like I don't know. Somebody figure this out for me. But like Andy Reid starts showing you like the real, real plays. If that makes sense, right? It's gonna be funny when like in the playoffs over the course of three games they target Edwards Lair like forty seven <laughs> times or just something really stupid. Like wouldn't that be the most Andy Reid thing ever? Well, just to just like think about, well, or McCole Hardman right, or something. Right, about, where it's like we've been saving this boy. Think about the play where where. Mahomes misses McColl against the Buccaneers. That had not been ran all season. Mm-hmm. Uh, think right. about what they just did to the Dolphins, which is not even what we were talking about in the first half, but on the four-minute drive. Oh, I mean, most teams would be running it here on first and second. Hey, Clyde, go to the farthest you can go on the boundary. <laughs> They're not going to respect it. They're going to let you be off the ball 15 yards? Oh, that's a first down, oh, baby. Oh. Like, but, oh, but, that was so but again, bad. had they put that on tape? Not really. Like, it's just, like... And that's... And, and it's been killing me. That specific play, that specific throw, just... Because Mahomes can get the ball there a split second faster than most quarterbacks. He's got a faster release, more velocity. And Edwards Alaire in space against one dude, to me, that feels like a guaranteed five to eight yards no matter what you're right. doing. You know, provided you don't do it 20 times a game. And they never run it. <laughs> and it's been killing me. And then, of course, they get in this high variance, you know, incredibly important situation. And the, and the Dolphins like, well, they never run. Oh, crap, he's got the ball. And I just, it's so frustrating. But it does make it easier to view it as intentional. But I still, like, I cannot believe the Dolphins were playing that far off. You, you heard Tony yes, Romo. Yes, Tony Romo was like, like yo, what is Why are they doing? so far off the line of scrimmage? <laughs> Oh, man. Josh, we, we kind of took over there for a minute. Sorry. That's fine. No, that's all right. Listen, I don't 
I, I, I don't need to drive all the time. Sometimes I want to kick my feet back and uh, look out the window, you know? I, sometimes, that, sometimes that's nice. You hit cruise control. You guys can talk. It's great. I love it. I just was thinking about how – I think I've mentioned this on this show before. I've definitely talked about it on, uh, on the radio show. But there was – I think it was the Titans ga- playoff game, before the Titans playoff game last year out at Arrowhead, where I asked Andy Reid a question that he took as me asking if he saves the good plays, and it really wasn't even the topic I was getting at. I just had to have asked the question very poorly. This, yes. Oh, I'm glad you yes, also remember, yes, I remember I, what I what I remember happening was that Andy Reid, uh, you know, threw a dagger from the podium straight into my chest <laughs> because of my stupid, <laughs> stupid, idiot question. Um, no, it was just it was just like the only time that I feel like I've gotten a question, an answer from I haven't. No, I haven't asked Andy Reid a question in a year, pretty much because the Zoom calls and whatnot. Um, but it was one of the only times all season when it was like. Oh, like he didn't like that question, but also I'm confused because that's not what I thought I asked. Anyway, I think about that every time you guys talk about the Chiefs saving the good plays. Because, I mean, he could have just lied and been like, no, nah, man, stop it. Shush. Quiet that up. Yeah, we do that. I'm not going to tell you, though. Uh, I just think about that every time. And I go into like that, you know, that gif of uh, like, fortunate son starts playing in my in my head whenever <laughs> I think back to that moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah they do. They do like for as as sophisticated as this plan is, Josh, they do slip up quite a bit, quite a bit as a coaching staff. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, um, I, asked, I asked Eric B to be a similar question this year. And he's like. We have all the plays. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. you're not supposed to be saying that? Like, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and he reads like, you guys want us to not run it back? What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, but I think, I think I asked about, like, I could probably go find the story. It, it would have been, it probably was for an athletic story that I'm, I can go find my author profile, try to figure out what I actually asked. But it, I don't think it was that. I don't and he know, was man. just it like, was just... he was basically like, stop asking me, but don't worry about it. He pulled a Nick yeah. Saban. He pulled a Nick Saban. David, but was also like, I mean, you're spot on. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're not wrong. No, and that's where I, I just, I'm so curious what it's going to look like in the playoffs because I do think at times the Chiefs, there is a concern to me that the Chiefs like always feel like they can turn it yes. on, right, and go on that run, and that's not always going to necessarily be true. And you want to make sure not to save too much because what if you bust out these new plays? They don't work quite as well as you thought. And it's like, well, man, was it worth saving these all year? But it also makes me very excited for the playoffs because, like, they were running stuff against Houston and Tennessee and then later on against the Niners that we hadn't seen all year. And it's – I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see an entire entire game plans based around players that we wouldn't think. (laughs) And – and that's that's where maybe you'll see that with Clyde. I don't know. In the meantime, though, it does look like a mistake to not target him more because, like, you talk. I mean, he gets the ball in space against linebackers, and they're not quick enough. And secondary, secondary guys do not like tackling him. Like that thing down the left sideline. <laughs> I laughed yeah. so hard because I feel like that's what it would look like if I tried to tackle. No, how it would look like if I tried to tackle would be what Kelsey did to that Denver D back. Last week, that was so bad. But, like, he just, instead of going out of bounds, he just kept running. And the defender's like, hey, wait. Guys, he wasn't supposed to do that. Like, and I just, it's a frustrating thing. So, I don't know. I just, I'd like to see more targeting there because it's like, it seems so easy so the fact that they don't do it drives me crazy, but I'm going to view it all through a master plan. Maybe, hopefully, Josh, you can ask Andy Reid about it at some point and see if he'll throw another dagger at you. <laughs> not going to do that. 
You know what? I did just go back though and realize. Remember, remember that I wrote that story about how Derrick Henry wasn't even like the biggest thing to worry it's, about in that Titans playoff game, and then he hella wasn't. Man, that was and a good it's article. It's still one of my favorite stories of, of this of this mm, time being I'm just being the Chiefs beat writer because soaking I, that one back. Up oh, just mm. just breathe it in because honestly, yeah, really I will am. tell you this too, uh, Josh. I I uh, I got to googling and I reread that um, in in. In preparation of our MythBuster to tell people that like Ooh, time, you love to time of it. possession doesn't matter, and then I read it Honored. and I was just like, God, this is this. I remember we were, you know, before the pandemic, guys. Um, me and Josh would just would just talk in person together. Yeah, and we would, remember what that was like, <laughs> and we would just be like, but that doesn't make any sense. And he was like, Yeah, and it's like, well, maybe I should ask Mike Braverell about that. And I'm like. You know he's like, if you're happy about that, right? And he's like, yeah, it'll be fun. And I was like, okay, go do that. And then he went and did that. And Mike Raymond was like, well, I mean, he's he's kind of our entire office. <laughs> I mean, I see what you're saying, but like, can you can 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 you can you not write that? Oh wait, it's it's going up tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> you remember, you 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 guys hey you guys remember seeing people? Oh, cool. I was, so well, cool when we that was a remember, thing that remember we when we used to really like fun. eat barbecue together, you know, in the barbecue capital of the oh, world. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that was good. Hello, Hello darkness, my I friend. Was, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> come to talk with you again. Let's talk about some of the other specifics from this game. <laughs> I don't know if we could just if Danielle's going to just put that uh, music bed under the next several minutes or not. Because like, this is something that's also going to give some Chiefs fans flashbacks. I know it's something that uh, you both have tweeted and talked about many, many times over. It's something, Seth, I know you'll write about uh, probably a little on The Athletic, a little on the Chief of the North newsletter. Willie Gay got more snaps because Damien Wilson mm-hmm. did not play in this game. But he didn't get all of those snaps. Ben Neiman pretty much still got all of his snaps. And he had some big moments. Seth, I'll go to you first on this one because you, you you even tweeted. You even tweeted a little thing. Like, you know what? I just sort of think, I just sort of think like maybe he should play a little more. It just sort of seems like based off these things I'm seeing. And he hasn't really been still. I feel like I'm living the same <laughs> nightmare over and over and over. Okay, hold now, on. Let's do another copyrighted song. I got you, babe. That's Groundhog Day. I've seen that film. I got you, yes. Babe. See, that's a great film, too. If I sound out of breath, it's because I just ran outside to start my car. I And I got to tell you, I am not in good shape, fellas. Like, this is not... I'm I'm not in game shape. This isn't anyway. COVID's fault at this point, right? You're, we're on to... Th- to, to to be totally serious, actually, yeah, it's been kind of tough sledding in terms of breathing. Um, you, you like when be, I go upstairs, you shouldn't and be stuff. sledding at all. <laughs> well, I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I I going up that hill. It's been killing me. Anyway, how many um, games after Cam Newton came back from COVID did he start getting crushed again nationally? That's how long you've got. Yeah, that's, I think okay, I got yeah, like yeah, three yeah. weeks. Okay, sense. all right, cool. Fair enough. Yep. You're good. Yeah. You're in the window. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, now I just I just got to work out a lot in the next few days. It might be like the massive two slices of pizza I ate for a late lunch, too. Oh, man, mm. pizza like, sounds so good right now. Oh, it was really great. So here, here's the thing um, with, with Willie Gay Jr. I, it was just one play that I showed. He didn't, like, make a ton of plays. I know PFF really loves him, but the sample size is super small. Yeah. And the role he's being asked to play is not particularly large. And so maybe it just... Allows for more opportunities, but so there. When when the uh, 
when the Dolphins tried their little end around and then throw back to Tua and the Chiefs defended it really well and the receiver tried to scramble, I mean, Gay covered a lot of ground on that play real fast. And he's so clearly so much more athletic than the rest of their linebackers. And honest to goodness, closes faster than some of their safeties. Well, one of their safeties. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Who, who, who could you ever be to, to, uh, distinguishing there, Seth? <laughs> you know, that made me laugh, and I hate it when I laugh at my own jokes. Well, one of their safeties. To be fair, to be fair, Juan, isn't, Juan Thornhill isn't closing quite as fast as he was pre-injury. Yeah, that was I was not, not talking about Juan Thornhill. Tyron Matthews getting up in age a little bit, but he still is pretty explosive. Yeah, you know, know feels... yep, yep. And Armani oh, Watts, yeah, Armani I'll tell you what, Watts? he closes. Yeah, he he's closes got great well. straight line speed, especially special teams. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. Chris We're Chris Lamons Chris Lamons is listed on a, a, as a safety <laughs> on the depth chart. It looks like. Yeah. Well, wow. that's why he can't get wow. on the field. Yeah. And so, yep, okay. you've discovered me. Mm. Well, one of them. So, and and, and oh, dang, I think them. I promised to never to never say anything about that player again. You didn't so, mention <laughs> about Chris Lamons. That's crazy. Why would you? <laughs> so it just is mystifying to me. So when I say I feel like I'm living like the same nightmare, obviously analyzing the Chiefs and cheering for them has been incredible the last few years. But, like, this feels like the Dorian O'Daniel saga all over again, just even more inexplicable because Willie Gay Jr. is not undersized. He also looks a lot better against the run in terms of minding his run fits, in terms of taking on and shedding blockers. Um, and and he also isn't showing, you want to know what's going on with Dorian O'Daniel? I could be wrong about this. And maybe, you know, he'll DM me and tell him, tell me I'm an idiot or something. I don't know. He looked lost in zone coverage every time he played. He just, you know, if he was asked to cover, you know, running backs and man, he did well, but he's undersized and he looked lost in zone coverage. Billy Gay, Bill Gay, he does not look lost in zone coverage. He looks pretty good. So it's it's, sad. This made it's me, this, even this more mystifying. Me yeah. Well, and that's the thing, because with O'Daniel, it was the same thing, right? He played a limited role, and so yeah, we'd see, see him flash, flying all over the field. That, that was it. Yeah, and, and whereas with Gay, we're seeing him flash, and I also see him make pretty good plays that fly under the radar a little bit more that look indicative of him being able to do things more on a full-time basis. I get Steve Spagnolo and Matt House want their linebackers to be very cerebral and all this stuff, but it is starting to really frustrate the daylights out of me um, because he's clearly, clearly another speed faster than their other linebackers. And I, we've been waiting, and Nate, you were right, and in November, it, in December, the play has ticked up, but no. not as much as we've all been hoping. And so not that's what been I frustrating. And not, not what I was, I won't say necessarily told, but like what the projections sort of seemed to suggest about just where we were going to be um, at this time of the year. I mean, they have three games left, guys. Like, three three games left, and then it's, you know, there is no tomorrow if you don't get a win. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if we're ever gonna find the true answer. Uh, of course, some of this has been Neiman. Uh, whatever your opinion is of Ben Neiman, it's not the Chiefs. Um, so, <laughs> can we? Can they get him on the field more between now and January? You hope, but uh, and, and and another layer to this too is. Damien Wilson was out with the knee injury. We'll see as the week goes on if he'll practice, if he'll be, you know, a possibility to play against the Saints. But, man, they just 
They just got to see it for themselves, play him as much as you can in the next three games, and then go from there in terms of what can he do to specifically make you better against whatever your opponent is whenever you fit, you know whenever you play your first playoff game. That that would be my recommendation, Josh, because you already know what you haven't been needing. You already like I would tell Damian Wilson, hey, hey man, let that yeah. knee get right another week or two. Anthony Hitchens is still you know the guy with the most responsibility, so he'll continue to play his role. But like let's let's go with this. Hope it doesn't burn us and. Tell me if I'm wrong, either one, fellas. I don't feel like Willie Gay has made a glaring mistake over the last two games. So let's just keep building this up, yeah. give, him, give him as many snaps as possible, and then use all that information to help game plan for whoever you see in the playoffs. The thing about that that I think makes like that, that makes total sense and also where it kind of I, – I, I, I don't want to say it bothers me. I, I'm sleeping <laughs> fine. I mean, I'm not, but it's for totally unrelated reasons. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm still tired. I uh, – I, I wonder why that would start right. now if it hadn't right. yet. You know what I mean? Like, if, if they're thinking, all right, well, we're going to go ahead and take a couple of, we, we might end up with a, a skinned knee here or there trying this thing. We might get, maybe he'll get burned and, and a running back will end up with a long touchdown or a, a big gain or whatever. But it's really, it's more important that we get Willie Gay these meaningful snaps. But the other element of that that I think is maybe even more of a um, relatively inarguable element. It's not, I mean, it's not even what the Dolphins did with like Tua, where, you know, I think their best chance in some way may have been to just stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but they're, they're going to the young quarterback for the sake of the development. I don't, I don't think that there's any evidence that Willie Gay is going to tank the chiefs defense and and if it if it gets really bad for a matchup or in a game or whatever, right. you're under no obligation to not throw Damian Wilson right back out there or throw Ben Neiman or throw uh, Ben Neiman right back out there. Especially if you're talking about you know finding picking your spots in coverage and then using him more aggressively in the blitzing game, which is still Ben Neiman's job as far as I can tell. Um, I, I'm not even saying he's got to get 100 mm-hmm. percent of the snaps, but it seems like there are places where his role could reasonably expand. Um, but so Nate threw this out first, Seth, but I mean, do you, is there any evidence that he's, that he has been a, a large negative at any point that maybe, maybe spooks the chiefs a little bit, or is that not the case on tape? Um, on tape, you can find some snaps where he, you know, he'll over pursue. That's an issue. He's still learning NFL speed and angles. And so there were a few, you know, um, against, uh, I want to say Denver, he had a couple of missed tackles that he probably should have hit. Right. Um, or no, maybe I'm thinking the game before. Either way, these last three games have kind of blended together. He he had a few plays where he overran and missed tackles that he could have hit. Um, overall, though, the positive has far outweighed the negative. And even when he's been placed in coverage where he's kind of a little wild right now still, but he has the speed to make up for it. And he's got pretty good instincts. Um, he, he might be a tick slow in recognizing, but honestly, Hitchens and Wilson both look a tick slow recognizing when they're in coverage to me too. And unlike them, Gay has the speed to recover it. Yeah. Um, and so I don't see a reason why he's not out there more. I assume they're looking for him to demonstrate something in the film room and in practice in terms of complete and total understanding of the system. But I don't understand why with Hitch out there, and I like Damian Wilson, especially for the cost, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but with Hitch already out there, I don't know why you need both like that. So that that would be my hot take on him. Also, Seth, I don't know if you didn't know this, but Tedrick Thompson's not on the roster anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Well, we've pretty much worked through all the chief safeties. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. No, no, it bummed, it bummed me out. Hey, if I don't leave, I was right going to say, second, I just looked at the clock and thought Seth's got to go or else he's going to get divorced. So I, that's probably true. Yeah. So, hey, you know what? You guys take it easy. Mm. And I think you guys should just talk only about the value of drafting running backs in the first round while I'm gone. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> throw your smoke bomb. Just throw your smoke bomb and disappear. That's fine. Like Batman, a ninja. Batman your way out of this one. Uh, that's that's it. That's the show. I'll, I'll tell you again, there's more from Seth coming in the Chief of the North newsletter and, of course, up on theathletic.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nate, I know you've got some things cooking still as well, also looking at Mahomes versus the Blitz. We, we might... We might have an easier time talking about that later in the week as we look ahead to Chiefs Saints, which should be very, very interesting. But for now, the Chiefs are the one seed in the AFC. Another AFC West title gets racked up. Once again, just <laughs> sort of like last week, it doesn't feel like that was some huge breaking news because it was sort of expected. It's five straight titles for the Chiefs. But here we are once again. And also yes. now, uh, could not this this one does matter. Sole possession of the one seed means sole possession of the only first round bye that would come in the AFC, one in each conference. That will be enormous if that holds. Um, for the Chiefs themselves, yes, at times they are um, unusual, but 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 they they are they are who we think they are. They are a they are a team that is um like has there ever been a team like this in NFL history? <laughs> the answer is probably no. It's like they probably only not. I don't they know. only win in the most brazenly bizarre ways so hey um if you can't beat patrick mahomes with four interceptions or four turnovers i should say when when are you gonna beat this dude so whoo good good luck guys good luck and unfortunately somebody needs to give me this phrase on twitter as to andrew's <laughs> playbook like are there two are there two versions of the playbook is it like old testament new testament i don't Ooh, know just that's not just bad th- just throwing it out there, kids. You know, you, you want to see more New Testament. Um, I guess put the Chiefs down. <laughs> we, we have some things to iron out still there, I think. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs>